My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. Our Sunday School is part of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. To prepare for this lesson, please go to OurSundaySchool.com for a copy of today's handout. Now, let's get to this week's lesson. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Our Sunday School. It's good to see you guys this morning. Welcome to those of you online. Uh, we're in Philippians chapter 1 today. If you've got your Bible, slip over there. If you need a Bible, there's a Bible on the table. Philippians chapter 1. Uh, I think we are going to... Well, we should. If I don't finish this today, that's like crazy. Um, we should be finished up with the first or the second uh, little pericope in Philippians today. Uh, and I hope this has been an encouragement to you so far. It's been, it's been helpful for me to see how Paul prays for people that he cares and loves, cares for and loves. Uh, and it has, quite frankly, helped inform my prayers for you guys. So that's pretty awesome all around. So, Dave, can we go to the next slide, please? So we're going to be uh, looking specifically at uh, the last part of verse 10 and verse 11. So let's go to the next one, Dave. Uh, so last week we focused on, I pray this, that your love will keep on growing in knowledge, every kind of discernment, you may approve the things that are superior, may be pure and blameless. And then today we're looking at in the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So let's go ahead and read through uh, Philippians chapter 1, uh, and then we will start looking at that particular text. So <clears throat> Philippians 1. And again, feel free to listen or to read along either way. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Indeed, it is right for me to think this way about all of you because I have you in my heart and you are all partners with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how deeply I miss all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And I pray this, that your love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment so that you may approve the things that are superior and may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually advanced the gospel. So that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is because I am in Christ. Most of the brothers have gained confidence in the Lord from my imprisonment and dare more, even more to speak the word fearlessly. To be sure, some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. These preach out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The others proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, thinking that they will cause me trouble in my imprisonment. What does it matter? Only that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, because I know this will lead to my salvation through your prayers and help 
from the Spirit of Jesus Christ. My eager expectation and hope is that I will not be ashamed about anything, but that now, as always, with all courage, Christ will be highly honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Now, if I live on in the flesh, this means fruitful work for me, and I don't know which one I should choose. I'm torn between the two. I long to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. Since I am persuaded of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that because of my coming to you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus may abound. Just one thing. As citizens of heaven, live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or am absent, I will hear about you that you are standing firm in one spirit, in one accord, contending together for the faith of the gospel, not being frightened in any way by your opponents. This is a sign of destruction for them, but of your salvation, and this is from God. For it has been granted to you on Christ's behalf not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are engaged in the same struggle that you saw I had and now hear that I have. Philippians chapter 1. We have more people. Good morning. Welcome to those of you that just joined. Um, this is always magical to me. I begin reading and then I finish reading and then there's more. And it's like, I want to read another chapter then. Cool. Let's do that. It's, it's, <laughs> is this geometric progression or not? I don't know. So, all right. So uh, last week we finished up with the word uh, blameless. Uh, so in verse 10 there, um, so that you may approve the thing. I should go back to verse 9. And I pray this that your love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment so that you may approve the things that are superior. We talked a lot about that last week. And may be pure and blameless in the day of, of Christ. So bottom of page 44 in your green books. Um, oh. I feel good when I remember something that I'm trying to do for a month, you know, it's like, great. Uh, so, that you may, so that you may approve the things that are superior. So we talked about this word meaning uh, the things that differed and there was some nuance as to, oh, okay, there's some comparison that's needed here and may be pure. This is uh, the idea of being judged by sunlight. Uh, we, we take it out into the light. We see that this is good. It's been proven. It's tested. It's right uh, and blameless. And what was blameless? What did we talk about blameless last week? Anybody remember? Faultless, right? Blameless would be like our horizontal relationships. These are the, like, there's not anybody that can look at your life and go, oh, this is bad. You know, this is bad. We've got a good, good relationship horizontally here. So that you may be pure and blameless, period, right? Is that where the sentence ends? No, because it, like, that's, that's actually not bad, right now, like I'd like to be pure and blameless right now, but there's a much longer view that Paul has in mind. Um, I read something this week and it was, it was about, you know, this uh, secular business habits and whatnot, all this kind of stuff. And it was, um, uh, there was a nugget in there that said, if you begin to think about your interactions with people as having decades of impact, 
as opposed to minutes or seconds, it changes the way that we engage with people and the significance of engagements. And what Paul here, he's, he kind of takes that concept and he blows it out of the water because it's not just about today, it's just not just about tomorrow, it's not about a few days or weeks or months or decades in the future. He's looking all the way in the future to the day of Christ. So, so what is the day of Christ? Like, what is that? Second coming, cool. Good. Could it be more? Forever, right? Just all the stuff in the future, right? I, I, I read this and I, I almost get the sense that this could be a, a bit of a euphemism for all the stuff in the end times when, uh, because if you think about approve the things that are spirit and you may be pure and blameless, Pure and blameless. When would I need to be pure and blameless in the future? If there was some kind of decision being made? You're standing before God, right? That would be helpful to be standing before God and be pure and blameless. Like, hey, that's cool. I can, this is awesome. It'd be really good, right? Yeah, so there's, there's an element in which they need to be pure and blameless to the Philippians, right? We've talked about this many times already, but Philippi was this little Rome, um, and you've got all this Roman influence, and they need to be good examples of the gospel. And there's a day coming that this is going to be really critical for your eternal destiny. Um, so Paul, in his prayer for them, is praying both for the right now, for the near term, and for the ultimate long term. And like, look how... Slick is probably the wrong word. I don't have a better word for it right now. This is just really slick writing and praying to be able to do that in this short a number of words. And this is very, very uh, condensed stuff here. Um, I have in my notes, I didn't, this isn't from a commentary, this is me just soaking on it. Uh, this type of life will be approved when it ultimately matters. Right? Because it, it, it's good that we are pure and blameless now. That's good. But it is going to be a day where. <laughs> We either have the righteousness of Christ imputed to us because of what he did, or we stand in our own filthy rags, and only one of those will survive the test. So he's looking forward to this day of Christ. So my, my question is, how often are we praying for others' end result and how they are able to stand before God? I, like, I don't find myself with that as a subject or a focus of my prayers very often. Is that, is that something that's very common that you guys pray? Like, I, Colleen, I pray that, that when you stand before Jesus, you are pure and blameless. I don't know that I've done that a lot. Now, not till recent. That's exactly right. Now, now, this last week, you guys have gotten, like, triple doses of this, let me tell you. But... Uh, and hopefully that will continue in the future. Right now we learn more about how to pray rightly and biblically. Uh, but uh, I love, uh, you know, most of our, I'll, I'll back up for just a second. I'm chasing a rabbit and I'll come back. Most of our prayers are informed by what we hear in churches, not by what we read in Scripture. Would you agree with that? Like what do you tend to copy? You tend to copy the things that you see and you hear. Not necessarily I read this and then how does this impact me and what I'm actually doing and how I engage with the Father. It's like, well, um, and this may be my Mark 1, 14 and 15 for Philippians. 
because y'all know I never got past Mark 1, 14 and 15 in Mark. Like we did 163 lessons in Mark and I was stuck on lesson nine the whole time. Like I did not get past repent and believe in the gospel. Like that was just, thunk, there we are. I'm, con- I'm deeply concerned that I'm not going to get past this is how we ought to pray for each other. Um, and I'm also, at the same time, not overly concerned that I won't get past this is how we ought to pray for each other. So, so if you hear echoes of this over and over and over, perhaps more often than Paul or the Spirit even intended, I am sorry, but that also means I'm doing this for you. And we get a chance to do it for each other, and this is beautiful. So, pure and blameless in the day of Christ. So at the bottom of page 11, uh, I've got an application and personalization. Bottom of page 11. Bottom of page 45, sorry. Bottom of page 45, an application and personalization. So there is a purpose to growth, uh, being pure and blameless. So we talked about several purposes last week. But there's a purpose to growth, being pure and blameless. So all of this growth that your love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment so that you may approve the things that are superior and may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ. This is not just, I'm growing in knowledge so that I can have the right Bible trivia answer and do really well on that awful Facebook quiz that was not theologically correct in the first place. Um, This is so that we can stand before God clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Now, So what do we do with that? Well, I would say thank God for his sanctification because what he starts, he finishes 100%. Um, I still just can't get over how, I don't know what the right word is. Ruthlessly, ruthless is not the right word. Uh, Exceedingly abundantly faithful. There we go. We'll just go with that. That God, when he starts, he will finish. So thank God for his sanctification because that is the end result of our sanctification that we actually look like Christ and that is the only way that we can stand before the Father and be judged is if we look like and are, <clears throat> have the righteousness of Christ. So verse 11 begins at bottom of page 45, filled, filled. So what kind, of, what kind of verb is this? Anybody know? What kind of verb is filled? It's at the top of page 46. It's a perfect passive participle. That should be every Baptist preacher's preferred parsing. There we go. I got it. <laughs> I had to do one for you, Brandon. Just one. I'll try to, I'll try to restrict myself to no more. All right. So uh, a perfect means something that is completed in the past. Uh, passive, it means it was something that was acted upon the subject. So if we're the, if, if the Philippians are the subject, see how easy it is to put yourself in scripture right there? I almost did it. I almost did it. <laughs> uh, if the Philippians are the subject here, this is something that was acted upon them in the past, done by someone else. So who would be responsible for filling with the fruit of righteousness? The Holy Spirit. Now, does Paul say the Spirit here? He doesn't. All right, let's go to the next slide, Dave. You cued me up perfectly, Mayor Mitch. So this is Dr. Kion. It's another example of the language of living by the Spirit, though without a direct recourse to pneuma. This is a reference uh, to pneuma, the word for spirit. So Paul is regularly hinting at and head nod um, to the work of the person and the work of the Spirit without actually saying the person or the work of the Spirit, which I think is, again, 
really good writing. So this perfect, passable, uh, perfect passive, so this means somebody else uh, did this in the past. So God has done a work in them in the past with the results continuing into the present. And what is that work? That work is to fill, to fill, to completely fill, to satisfy, to satiate, to finish off, to, to fill. It's well translated. It's a good word. So this word growing back in verse 10, we keep growing until what? Until we're filled in verse 11. That's right. Until we're complete. Yep. There's another word for the, the word uh, filled can also be finished or completed. Yep. With the fruit of righteousness, the fruit of righteousness. Is there anywhere in the Bible that talks about fruit? A little bit. Can anybody name them all? What are they? There you go. Awesome. Woohoo. That's why you That's why we shove the Bible into our kids when they're little, right? Because some of it will stick around. It's beautiful, yes. Um, yeah, and, and Paul brings up fruit here several times. The only challenge I have with that is what? What kind of word is that fruit? That word fruit is a noun. It's also what kind of a noun? It's a singular noun. Like, wait, is that a problem? No, because sometimes we use a singular thing to refer to a group. It's a single group of things. So this, is, this does not pose us a, well, which one of, the, which one of them is it? Like, no, no don't, don't get wrapped around the grammatical axle here. That's, oh, that was good. I like that. That wasn't bad, was it? That was just accidental. Okay. Most of the accidental ones are horrible, at which point Dave like piggybacks a pun off of them, and it's, it's, it devolves quickly. So with the fruit of righteousness, and this righteousness is this uh, uh, right living. Uh, this is the word that shows up you know, dozens of times in Romans, not so much in Philippians. Uh, and then this next little phrase, that comes through Jesus Christ. So like, how does something come through Jesus Christ? What's that about? How do we get something through Jesus Christ? What's that? If he's already there, okay. In their context, does that work? Because they're in Philippi still. So like... Oh, okay. Oh, so because Christ is in you... Okay, all right. And how do we get Christ in us? Mark 1, 14, 15. There you go. Like I teed it up while I go on purpose. Exactly right. Repent and believe. Yeah, so the, the salvific process is what enables this to actually occur that comes through Jesus Christ. Like these are part of the benefits of being a child of God. This is amazing work, right? It is not as if he just leaves us on our own to develop and grow. No, no, no. He fills us with what he wants to fill us with, and then he's going to complete it, and this is good. And how much of this does it imply is the work of the Philippians to accomplish and complete? Yeah, we, we I'm, I'm, 
I don't want to press too hard into this, but we need to be very careful about setting our America, I can do it, uh, to the side for just a minute and acknowledge that the work of salvation starts, is carried through, and is completed by God and God alone. And while we have obligations and expectations, absolutely, uh, he is the one that will be utterly and completely faithful all the way through. So this is, this is a beautiful thing for us to praise God about that we can be thankful that what he has done. Uh, all right, so application here, uh, bottom of page 46, God oversees all of our growth from start to finish. So I want you to, so God oversees all of our growth from start to finish. One more time for the kids in the back. God oversees all our growth from start to finish. Now look at, look at your Bibles for just a second. And I pray this. Who's he praying to? We're going to get specific with the members of the Trinity. Who's he praying to? This Father, Son, or Spirit. Who's he praying to? Who, who do we pray to? We pray the Father. There we go. Had a one in three odds, right? It's okay. I pray this to the Father, that your love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment so that you may approve the things that are superior and may be pure and blameless in the day of, whoop, there's Jesus, filled with the fruit of righteousness. Who does that? The Spirit. There you go. You got it. That comes through Jesus Christ because he's just, I mean, we're going to, we're circling back to Jesus. If you're wondering, like Jesus is not a bad guess whenever I ask a question about Philippians because it is, he, he's who he starts with and who he finishes with. It's who he talks about all the way through. That comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Do you see the whole Trinity is involved in this? This is beautiful. Like we can pray for each other in ways that invoke and celebrate the persons and work of each member of the Trinity. Oh, oh. Like, I am not familiar with the pantheon of Roman gods. But they would not have all been all active at all times in the lives of the people and the worshipers that submitted to them. But our God is. Father, Son, and Spirit are working and working and working and working. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's just gorgeous. So what do we do with that? I, I don't know, but I've got praise him in mind. So you write whatever you want in yours, but I've got praise him in mind because I just get really worked up and happy about the fact that the whole Trinity is working to secure and to finish what was established before the foundation of the world. Hmm. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. This is why preachers like uh, preaching through Philippians. It's a lot of really good news. <laughs> it's a lot of really good news. Do y'all remember when we went through Romans and it was like three months of, I think I'm going to die. Um, like I, I wept when we got through uh, and we finally got to the but now. It was like, finally. <laughs> it's like chapter four, I think it was. It was like a corner. We've turned a positive. And Paul just comes out of the gate here with, this is beautiful, the work of the Trinity. All right, so we're going to turn our attention to page 47 for a second. <clears throat> because he's not done turducken, right? We're going, to, we're going to try to ensure that we get as much theology crammed in here as possible to the glory and praise of God. 
Because it is not, it is not, it is not, it is not appropriate to think that my salvation, the beginning, the middle, or the end, is for me. Like, when you talk about grading against a I can do it attitude, like, it is not for me. Paul orients and reorients the Philippians into. This is for the glory and praise of God. This is specifically the Father here. So this glory is, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a brightness concept. It's a, uh, it's a wide application of things. It shows up six different times in Philippians. And then the praise, if this is anything that's commendable. He's going to talk about this at the end of the book as well. But I want you to notice this, this, uh, this really interesting uh, comment uh, from Martin and Hawthorne. So, uh, see, I didn't have to say it that time. I just backed up and it just magically occurs, right? It's amazing. So, uh, both of these guys have actually already passed on. Uh, and it was super creepy that the only pictures I could find were black and white. So, just because they're black and white, when I show a picture, it doesn't mean the guy's dead, but it just happens to be the case here. So, I, I don't know. Um, Dr. Martin actually wrote uh, a couple of books on Philippians, because why not, right? Once you got one, just keep writing them. It, it makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, but what I found was that sometimes these guys will, do you have it with you? You do? Okay, yeah. Uh, sometimes these guys will write these highly, incredibly technical, like, what in the world? Uh, I get five or six sentences on every page. I feel pretty good that I understand that. And then they ship it to a publisher, and the publisher's like, yes, we'll print that. But can you write one that a normal human being can read? Like, that would be really helpful. So what he did is he wrote another one that a normal human being can read. And you're like, yay, we got it. I've got that one too. And it helps to explain the really complicated one sometimes. It is super, super helpful. It's like a commentary for dummies. I'm <laughs> like, yay, this is awesome. So, uh, oh, dang it. Oh, this is Martin. Yeah, I think this is Martin. Okay, I'm not entirely sure. You can Google it. All right, in exactly the same way, the life of Jesus and his influence on humankind were ordained for the glory of the Father. So he's drawing a comparison here between what Jesus is doing and the Father. So let's go to the next one, Dave. Paul can, nope, nope, back up one more. Yeah, so the life of the Philippian community and its influence on its environments or environments are also ordained for the glory and praise of God. You see this parallel that he's drawing? Like, oh, I wouldn't have, like, would y'all have picked up on that? I would not have picked up on that. I don't know how many, uh, it's probably at 250 or 300 times you know, I've read through Philippians and I would not have picked, I have still not picked up on that, right? It's just really, really uh, beautiful stuff. So one more. Paul can see it no other way as the master was, so the servant must be. Now we're getting into it. Like, that'll, that'll preach right there, Mitch. Right. Oh, by the way, happy birthday. Uh, we are grateful for you. We are grateful to God for you. Um, and I, I thank God for every remembrance of you. And we appreciate you, brother. Thank you for your faithfulness and your witness and your testimony and your work and effort in my life to come up. And he can't, he can't physically put his arm around me because, like, short people. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, it's okay. I mean, you got to hand it to them because they can't reach it themselves. But, they, he, he, but <laughs> I'm going to get them all in right now, brother. All in right now. 
there it is. That's right. <laughs> Cookies on the lower shelf. Uh, no, but what Mitch's ministry to me is, is, hey, brother, have you thought about this or this in addition to what you just talked? Because in a couple of verses or chapters, you're going to run into this. And he has this beautiful way of looking out across the next set of weeks or months of the text and going, you know what? I've been there for a hot minute. I think you might, you might benefit from some feedback here. And I'm like, thank you, Lord, that we have people in this room that will say, Jim, there's more to that. And I appreciate that, brother. Thank you very much. It's a beautiful ministry that you have. And I know that you have none of that without Miss Sherry. So we're going to put that exactly where it needs to be and thank Miss Sherry as well. So there you go. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. All right. So Paul orients and reorients these Philippians back into the glory and praise of God. So an application and personalization at the bottom of page 47. The Trinity is involved in our sanctification. Trinity is involved in our sanctification. So what do we do with that? Thank God. All right, and then page 48. Do you have anything on page 48? You're like, just some like leftover stuff from the definition of the word God? All right, I got two quotes on page 48, and these were too good. I didn't know where to put them, but we're just going to put them here. And the last one... It just makes me happy. Like it just, it's one of those theological things you see and you go, I just am happy about that. It is beautiful. It is wonderful. So here we go. This is the language of worship in its broadest sense. Whole lives of righteous serving. Can we just, like, can, can we just aim for that to be on our tombstones? A whole life of righteous serving. Oh, it's gorgeous. It is gorgeous. And the great thing is that don't you dare hear me say, try really hard and make that happen. Because that's not how this works. <laughs> that's not how this works. We submit to the will of the Father. We submit to the headship of Christ. We submit to the filling and leading of the Spirit. And then we result in God does something beautiful with broken pieces and praise Him for it. Like this is just, oh, whole lives of righteous serve. Would you think this guy could come up with that line? Like, it's just incredible, right? He's a, he's a great A knucklehead. I have listened to a couple of his sermons at this point. He is, like, he is, he's got your sense of humor in the pulpit, and he plays it, man, and it's just, it's hilarious. All right. That bring glory and praise to God by enhancing his reputation and fame before humanity. Right? This is not my reputation and fame. This is not our reputation and fame. This is not our church's reputation and fame. This is... God's reputation and fame. Now, God has a flawless name. He has a flawless reputation when judged and viewed rightly, but he does not have a flawless reputation amongst those that do not value him. So this is lining things up so that his reputation and fame before humanity. Before a group of people in Philippi who, uh, like this is not, they were, they were not about Jesus. It was not Jesus is Lord in Philippi. It was Caesar is Lord in Philippi. So every part of their culture was clashing with this. All right. So the next one, we'll finish on this one. Passage is rooted in the present, remembering the past, but with an eye to the future hope of redemption at the day of Christ. 
there you go. Like that's it right there. Like this is, this is the Christian life, remembering what Christ did, realizing that we have work to do right now, but with an eye, oh, this is going to finish so well. Have you ever, have, oh my, uh, have you ever been in the middle of a TV series or a movie and you're wondering, I don't, like, I don't think they're going to land this plane. They're not going to finish this. Like, I'm going to have wasted this time right now. And this is like, oh, no. Oh, no. Not with our God. Oh, no, Christian. Rest well knowing that Father, Son, and Spirit will flawlessly finish everything that they have started. How do we ever have trouble sleeping? <laughs> like this is, this is beautiful, 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 beautiful. The Trinity has this. Oh, oh, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. All right. Let's go to the next slide, Dave. <clears throat> so I thought we might finish just a smidge early today, and we did. And I'm not going to start because that'd just be rude. Uh, the next pericope here in uh, verses 12 through 20. Uh, what I would like us to do, though, what I would like us to do is flip back to page 16 in your green books for just a second. I told Julie that my tone was going to matter a ton on how I do this. So I want to be real gentle here. Okay? This is gentle Jim. <laughs> All right. Uh, I just want to give us a second to look and see, uh, for those of us that are members, are we doing the things that we have committed to do? So I just give you a second to read through page 16. Are we doing these things? And if we're not, guess what we have an opportunity to do today? We have an opportunity to do them. If we are, praise the Lord for his help as we go through and do this. But let's just be reminded every once in a while, we might do this at the end of each pericope, just, just a head nod back and glance and see how are we in fact doing here. <clears throat> but remember, it's not about you being or me being some super Christian. It's about submitting to the work of the Trinity uh, because they know exactly <laughs> what they are doing <laughs> all the time, and it is glorious. So now we can take a look at our prayer time. Um, so you should have a weekly update at your table. Uh, the front side is a spot to put your name, so please everybody make sure you got your name there. Uh, and then on the other side is an opportunity for prayer requests. So next week we're going to be starting, Lord willing, with verse 12. 
And uh, so if you've got any prayer requests, put those prayer requests there. If you need any updates, make those prayer requests there. Do you all have one at your table? Oh, you do? Okay, great. I didn't see it. I lose them sometimes because they're being passed around. Uh, but once you have uh, prayed as a group, uh, you are free to go and to worship the Father, Son, and Spirit who are so flawlessly, wondrously faithful that thousands of years after Paul wrote this, we are still talking about how amazingly faithful they are. And thousands of years in the future, or whatever, whatever unit of whatever we will use to measure whatever in the future, I don't know how this will work, we will still be talking and singing and praising God for his faithfulness. So that's the lesson for today, guys. Thanks for coming. Thanks for engaging. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, YouTube channel, and weekly email. You can subscribe to all three of those at OurSundaySchool.com. Grace and peace to you.